Good morning. Today is Friday, June 10th, 2022. Before I begin, I just want to remind all of us that um, after today, I'll be out of town for a while. So uh, from this coming Sunday, June 12th, through Monday, June 20th, we will not be meeting together in the morning. And we will resume, with God's help, Tuesday morning, June 21st. Of course, this coming Thursday night also, we will not be together, but we will resume in the next week. And I certainly look forward to seeing you all when I return. Uh, but please remember, those of you who are receiving the daily email, those will continue every day. And so if you're not signed up to receive the daily email from me, please let me know. <coughs> And I'd be glad to add you to that list. It would be my great pleasure. Okay. I want to share something with you from Rabbi Eliakim Konigsberg. Our parsha describes the offerings and the gifts of the Nisim, the princes of each tribe, when they dedicated, when they inaugurated the Mishkan, the sanctuary that moved with them through the desert. And as I pointed out many times before, the Torah repeats the formula 12 times. In other words, each of the 12 princes brought the same gifts, uh, collection of animals and objects and items that are used in the temple service. And they each one of them brought identical gifts. And the Torah repeats every detail for each of the 12. On the first day, this person brought this and a long paragraph. On the second day, the person brought this and a long paragraph of the details. On and on for all 12. And each day's gifts were identical. No discrepancies. So the question is, why does the Torah have to repeat this 12 times? And why did they bring the same gift? Why bring the same gift and why repeat it 12 times? The Torah could have just listed the names and said they each brought the same gift. And I promise you, this question gets stronger as you are sitting in shul listening to this very long, repetitive part of the Torah reading. And it's just striking. Now, there are a number of answers to this, and I've shared some of them with you before. Today, I want to share a couple of other new responses. The Ramban, Nachmanides, says that they did not bring the same gifts. Yes, they each brought the same objects, but each one of them had a different motivation, a different intention a different internal aspect that accompanied the gift. And so each gift was unique. Each Nasi, the prince of each tribe, brought his own special thoughts and wishes and uh, motivation and intentions with the gift that he brought. <coughs> Excuse me. So that in fact, each of these gifts was unique. Okay, that's the Ramban. It's a very important idea, but it does still seem puzzling. I mean, if each Nasi is bringing a different gift in terms of the intention and the idea and the motivation, why not just bring different objects? 
I mean, why why do they have to all be uniform? The Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi Yisrael Merikagan of Radin, shares with us a completely different approach. And it's an approach that has so much to teach us. Chavetz Chaim says that each of the princes intentionally brought exactly the same gift so that there would be no jealousy between them. So no one will look and say, oh, his looks a little schwach. Oh, what is he showing off? He's bringing such a big gift. And there could be very much uh, competition, jealousy, and not only among the, 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 the leaders themselves, but among the tribes. Could you imagine people of one tribe, maybe the, not, not the top level, but maybe the people that kind of uh, sit in front of the cafe schmoozing all day. You know, my tribe, oh boy, my tribe's uh, gifts was a whole lot better than yours. Yours was hilarious. And by the way, we have a precedent for that at the very beginning of the Torah, when Cain and Hevel, Cain and Abel, two brothers, each brought gifts and they brought different gifts and there was jealousy and competition between them. And in fact, one brother murdered the other brother. So the Nisim decided we're not going to do it that way. We are going to, on purpose, give exactly the same gift in order to remove any possibility of jealousy or competition or ill will. No person should think that their tribe is better. No person should think that that tribe is worse. Pure harmony. And the Torah goes out of its way to repeat at great length each one of these gifts because God is so impressed with this action. God is so happy that they chose to give the same gift in order to be able to maintain harmony amongst them. That God lovingly and with cherishing has Moshe write down every single word of every single gift because every word, the lengthy passage, attests to the length they went to to make sure that their gift would be something that causes no ill will. Now, but there does have to be a balance because while it is true that there is certainly an important place for everyone doing the same thing so as not to arouse enmity or jealousy or competitiveness. There is also the importance for an individual to express their individuality, to express their uniqueness in the way that they serve God. And so personal expressions, personal uh, uh, uniqueness, in how I go about serving God is also very important. We see this, by the way, in the mitzvah of Hidur Mitzvah, to beautify a mitzvah. I may decide that I, I feel connected to the mitzvah of Esrog on Sukkos. And it's important to me to express my, my deep spiritual and emotional connection to this mitzvah with a particularly beautiful S-rogue holder. And someone else might feel that, no, I have a specific 
connection to the different sounds of the shofar. And it's very important to me to be very, very careful that I'm hearing exactly the right sound at the right time, the right length, the right tone. And there is room for that. That is beautiful. It is a very beautiful thing to enhance a mitzvah or religious experience beyond just its basic obligation. And God recognizes that also. This is similar to the discussion we had about prayer, where on the one hand, there is the benefit of daily set prayers. We're all saying the same thing every day. There's an upside to that and a downside. But there's also room for encouraging each of us should say our own prayers and not necessarily from a prayer book and not necessarily in a synagogue, but maybe walking, maybe as a thought, maybe as a form of silence. We discussed this recently. So there is there too a balance between doing what everyone is doing the same way and doing something that is unique, that is creative, that I am moved to do. How do we balance those two? I would suggest one guideline to balance those two is to differentiate between what is private or individual and what is public. If I'm doing something as an individual, if I'm doing something, let's say, in my home, then there is room for my creativity, for my unique flair, whatever it will be. But when we're together as a group, if I, are to, if I are, were to come to shul with a very, very beautiful object that beautifies a mitzvah and somebody else just has a cardboard box, maybe that would lead to enmity. Maybe that would lead to jealousy. In the public realm, perhaps we should all try to serve God in a similar way and reserve the creativity and uniqueness that I bring to my service of God to the individual realm. The same thing can be said for prayers. The prayers that we say publicly in shul are always the prayers from the prayer book, set prayers. The prayers that I say quietly to myself, with my own words, or in my own heart, I should add my own feelings, my own wishes, my own needs, in my own words. And by the way, you see this balance at the very beginning of the portion as well. Our Parsha Nasso, that we read tomorrow in Shabbos, begins as follows. There's a commandment, Hashem tells Moshe, to take a census of the Jewish people, to count the Jewish people. It's a very strange phrase, and I pointed this out to some of you before. The Torah says, Nasso es Rosh B'nai Yisrael, which means take a census of the Jewish people. In this case, in our Parsha, it's take a census of the families of the tribe of Levi, the Levites. We started the census in last week's Torah portion of Bamidbar. But the, literally the words Nasoes Rosh means lift up the head, lift up the person you are counting. And that phrase, which is very curious and quite unique in this context, is meant to indicate to us the need for this balance, because by definition, taking a census means that everyone is a number. Everyone is just part of a larger group. And the number four is no better than the number five. It's just that the number five comes after the number four. But it's no better. It's not nicer. It's not more pious or more kind. 
All numbers are the same. They're just one after the other. And there is a sense in which the Jewish people form this collective where we submerge our uniqueness. We submerge our uh, creativity and what, what is special and, and uncommon, not shared by anyone else. But at the same time, the census is done with the words Naso es Rosh, lift up the head of each individual. Make sure that when you do this sentence, this census, that you are considering every single individual as an individual. It demonstrates the tremendous value we place on each individual and their uniqueness. In fact, our sages tell us that uh, when, when the people came and Moshe was taking the census, it was not sufficient for Moshe to say to the household, how many are there in your household? It was necessary for Moshe to have a moment with every single individual in front of them, lifting them up, considering them as an individual. Because on the one hand, each person is alike and equally infinitely valuable and unique. And that's the balance that we are to keep. So we balance these two. We balance our identities in relationship to each other, in relationship to God. We balance our identities as an individual and as a community. Both have their place. Both are necessary in life and in serving God. But sometimes it's necessary for us to not promote my own uniqueness, the way that I stand out, in order for the group to be more unified, to remove jealousy or enmity or envy. And sometimes that's the way we strengthen our connection to God. And other times, perhaps when we're by ourselves, perhaps when we're speaking quietly, that's the time to connect to God in our own unique way, with our unique strengths and unique proclivities. With this balance, we can both serve God to the highest level and promote unity among the people, our two goals in life. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and a beautiful Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.